for someone very skilled who can read the book of Romans, if you said, well, what's it all about? What is Paul actually saying? And they'd say, well, he's actually saying that the best thing about becoming a Christian is Christ in me. There's no better way of defining Romans than just simply saying, Paul says, in the finish, it's all about Christ in me. How does Christ deal with the question? The disciples, uh, on the night that they uh, had their last supper, uh, they said, well, where's the way? Show us the way. Uh, and Christ answered them in a different way. But then he sort of says, what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, it's like a vine uh, in me. Uh, so I can see the two things. Now, we need both. We need the Paul's account there because later on things are going to be uh, brought up in our trying to discover doctrines about God and we'll need Paul's account to do it. But probably to start off with um, uh, this little picture that uh, Christ had about uh, being in the vine. Yeah, so what I'm saying here that we've got theology, but it really needs to be earthed all the time. So we've got this beautiful picture uh, through the Old Testament and into the New Testament of things uh, being earthed. One of the um, interesting things I find in um, uh, the Bible, and, and this is what I'm trying to uh, do in this Australia Day celebration, is to open a window that lets in some of these pictures that it's also got the aroma of eucalyptus. Yeah, so to let some of the Australian things come in and see. But first of all, let me put um, the creation into this uh, wider uh, technique. Let's start with the Bible to see how it sees creation. Two great passages uh, where uh, we see the Bible dealing with creation. If you want to turn them up, uh, Psalm 98, 7 to 9. Psalm 98, 7 to 9. It says, sing a new song. Uh, shout for joy for all the earth. So it's, here's a call to worship. But then it goes on, let the sea resound and everything in it. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the mountains sing together for joy. Now that's a picture that we don't often have. Do that we sing about it, you know, the idea that let the rivers uh, clap their hands. And then in Isaiah you have that um, particular passage that uh, has been formed in the song. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. I want to ask you a question. When we worship, are we selfish and sort of say it's only humans that worship? Are we being a little bit selfish with that? I mean, what it's saying here is that the whole of nature is celebrating. That means that while we're in worshipping here, those trees out there are also at worship. Now, the only thing different, they might not stop worship, but they will probably keep worshipping. There, so if you want to, you've got every right to, as you pass a tree, just say, how did you enjoy worship this morning? There, and I reckon they might say, well, I clapped more than you did, you Baptist non-clappers. So. A, a great picture there of um, nature becoming so expressive about faith. There, and I mean, if we can sort of get this into our mind, that here's nature not sitting there dormant, but nature joining in and probably doing a better job than us in uh, worship. Um, just letting that whole picture of uh, the mountains and the hills burst, bursting into song. We're going to sing uh, two songs. Um, one is all creation, Christ you, which is really saying the uh, same thing. And then how great thou art. Another great hymn that speaks about um, our love of uh, nature.
announcements now, but we're going to start off with a bit of a different uh, announcement. You've probably all heard Sam Kekovich uh, rave on about his uh, lamb on the barbie. Uh, we've got something to sort of say to Sam this morning. My fellow Australians, it's come to my attention that some among us are guilty of a crime of heinous proportions, un-Australianism. Australia is a nation with a rich Christian heritage, but that's a fact many choose to forget faster than the fact that we still do have a cricket team. Our very constitution was drafted by men of faith. It states we are humbly reliant on the blessing of Almighty God, that same God who inspired Christians like John Flynn to found the Flying Doctors and others to establish our first hospitals and schools. Fact is, the list of Christian forefathers is longer than the queue of Mr Whippy at Bondi on a hot summer's day. We may well sit on our veranda with a plate full of chops this Australia Day, but we must never forget how we got here and who made the lamb in the first place. So if you love this country and the God who made it, celebrate our Christian heritage this Australia Day. You know it makes sense. An Australia Day message from the Vision Radio Network. For more on Australia's Christian heritage, see vision.org.au. That's the best announcement I've heard in church for a long time. Uh, Nick uh, got that off the uh, internet uh, just recently, so it's a good part of the service. We're going to have the offering uh, now. to see the kids taking part in it. Thank you. Lord, we call our services uh, a time for thanksgiving and one of the ways that we can show thanks is to be part of this uh, worship where we bring uh, as we have been blessed and uh, we are then able to um, uh, know that uh, the way that we've been blessed can mean a blessing for others. We thank you for the way in which we're able to support different people over the world, for Lucy in China, for other people in other parts of um, uh, the continent, uh, we just give thanks uh, and uh, just pray for your blessing on this money so it uh, moves into different um, forms of service. Amen. Any other announcements that we need to give? Okay, that's good. Uh, There's a ladies' cabin, just an announcement for the KYB groups that we have in the church. There is a meeting, uh, a morning tea on Monday the 24th of January tomorrow at 10 o'clock at the Rockingham Church of Christ, the corner of Ray Road and Frederick Street, Safety Bay. (coughs) 
they would love you to come Devonshire morning tea and they say bring some scones. So I guess if you don't bring your scones, you don't get your morning tea. But they're going to do an introduction to the Isaiah, but we do that ourselves anyway. But it would be really good if anyone is available and would like to go down 10 o'clock tomorrow. So that would be really good. Our own Bible study won't be starting for two weeks, but our Bible study notes will be coming in the mail tomorrow. Okay. We'll move into the second uh, part of the uh, celebration for Australia Day. We've talked about uh, all creation crying to you in the word of God that we read and also our hymn. I want to bring it down to uh, some of the Australian uh, things that we can sort of see as uh, having uh, messages and just to open up a little bit with um, some of our uh, well-known literary writers. Marcus uh, Clark wrote um, for the term of his natural life. It was a really good um, writer and someone who probably understood uh, better the uh, unusual parts about the Australian nature in his early writing. And he wrote this, uh, there's a poem in every tree and flower and the poetry that lives in Australia differs uh, from that of other countries. That's why I think we as Australians need to work out what's a bit different uh, to ours so that we're not just sort of celebrating in an English style which happened uh, in the first probably 100 years uh, of Australia. We just sort of continue to celebrate uh, and people like this began to uh, help us to look at other things. Another poet, a Christian poet uh, called uh, Macaulay, James Macaulay, he wrote this, um, that each thing is a word requiring us to speak it from the ant to the quasar, the meaning not ours, but found in the mind deeply submissive to the grammar of existence and the syntax of the real. Now, it's just that first bit that each thing is a word. Each thing has got the potential there to carry a message, and we're going to sort of pick a few things that is it. Let me just mention three. Eucalyptus three. Do you realize that uh, Eucalyptus shares exactly the same uh, Greek word as Revelation? The Revelation is called Apocalypse, and the word in the middle is uh, uh, to cover, uh, is calypto. Yeah, and um, Eucalyptus tree has got the same name, there, the eucal, that means well covered. Yeah, so it's got a link there with um, uh, the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, that comes from the same uh, particular uh, word. Uh, Southern Cross, uh, if we're not kind of impressed by the idea of living under the cross, there and people who sort of leave here um, begin to sort of look for the Southern Cross and don't find it in the northern skies and get a bit panicky. Very interesting that uh, all of our Australian flags have a Southern Cross on them. Uh, some were a little bit um, quirky. Uh, I think some of the early uh, uh, radicals uh, also used the thing. But our Australian flag has kept uh, that Southern Cross going. So just the whole idea of us living under the cross that rock is not Australian. They will actually pick that up on Anzac Beach uh, um, at Anzac Cove. Uh, it might have been uh, the place where the Australian blood was uh, shed. And I pass this around. It must make the service a bit tactile. But that actually came from Anzac Cove. Very Australian. Uh, that's part of our uh, heritage. Uh, what we're going to do is sort of move on. You can just sort of feel that as it goes. There, But uh, I'm going to move on to... Um, Another part of creation, we'll uh, get um, on the overhead and then Lynn is going to read uh, something on this.
it looks like a crow, it's a magpie. The magpie is authentically Australian, but the name is not. The early English settlers named this bird after the magpie of Europe, which belongs to the crow and raven family. The Australian magpie is related to the butcher bird and the currawong. Magpies are very family orientated. They live in families where the kids stay at home until they get to about 24 in their clan. Each family claim a block, which means that most of our suburbs are neatly divided into magpie blocks. Any intruder magpie is met with a lot of swagger and swag, but seldom any harm. The magpie's outstanding feature is their song. Kookaburras cheer the morning and evening with raucous laughter, but the magpies sing a tuneful song. Roland Robinson described their song as a liquid-throated song, as though his throat was filled with rain. Another Australian poet, Frank Williamson, wrote a poem in praise of the magpie. I love to be in Bindi, just to hear the magpies warble in their blue gums on the hill. Oh, they fill my heart with music as I loiter on my way. Oh, the song of hope you uttered, then my heart is trilling now. We could easily change this to be, I love to be in Mandurah, Golden Bay, Singleton, listening to the magpies calling, chiming, trolling and crooning. The song of the magpie is often the first sound we hear in the morning and it lifts our spirits. Their sound adds the fresh quality of the day and the enjoyment reaches into our inner psyche. Our appreci appreciation of their song raises questions about songs. Why do we like to sing? Why do we like songs? Why do the AFL footballers think that the best part of winning is singing their song? Why do we get so emotional when we sing Waltzing Matilda, which is really a song about a suicidal petty thief? Why do we have iPods that give us drip feeds of songs to get through the day? Why do we sing so much when we meet for worship? Songs are in the air everywhere. The Magpie Song is an entry into the fascinating place that songs have in the human experience. For Frank Williamson, their song was related to his later days, or to his latter days. When grows the rosy years, and when my life seems one long, lovely veil, and when I slumber at the last, let your music, the music of the magpie, in the joyous wind be ever wandering past. Well, I hope magpies sound very different to you now. There they are, an amazing uh, bird. We have um, a family of magpies uh, in our front garden that... Um, I, every morning, if you want to, you can go out and feed them by hand. Yeah, and they really make um, a great part of the day. I want to have a look at the question that came up uh, in the reading. Why are songs important? Now, why is it that we you know, always have to uh, have these songs? I found the book that um, helped me a lot was uh, Bruce Chaplin's uh, Songlines. Um, just to give a little bit of background, Bruce Chaplin is a, um, a travel writer. He'll often go to a place and write about a particular place and... He wrote this book uh, after uh, spending some time in Australia and very interesting that he finished up uh, living there in, um, near Alice Springs for, for, for a fair bit of his time. He, he actually met this Russian guy called Akadei Volchok there who, uh, as it turned out, had been uh, a young kid when the World War II broke out. Uh, he was captured by the Germans. He was actually put into a, a camp 
and he managed to escape, found his way to Australia, found he couldn't settle there in um, enormous suburbia any longer, and he decided to uh, go up to Alice Springs. Um, in Alice Springs, he finished up going out and uh, living with uh, some Aboriginal people right out in, you know, where they were uh, still in their traditional ways there. And because he stayed for a long time, they began to tell him things that no one else had been able to find out about the way that um, uh, they uh, practice um, uh, their uh, faith and the way that they practice their life. And I found this uh, so interesting, and you'll see why. He, he said that um, when he first got there, he heard them singing, and he said it was just tuneless, monotonous, there, and he said that after a while, I realised their singing was like us listening to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. There, that's the same meaning that they get from. Now, obviously, uh, what it does, it uh, gives a spirituality to the land, so uh, the pieces of land that they would see as their spiritual heritage, um, they have a song. Uh, to, now, uh, it's not our spirituality. I think we need to be respectful when we're dealing with Aboriginal people to uh, let them see that, uh, that it's their uh, spirituality. But what I find more interesting is that um, these songs also act as a guide. Yeah, now, what happens is that um, the Aboriginal kids, right from a very young age, are taught songs there, but it's in progressions, and that's why they're called song lines. So that means if they go off anywhere, all they need to do is sing their song, and as they go, then the actual land will come up. So that's why they can, without um, actually going uh, to many places, they know the way. They very seldom get lost because they've learnt the songs in order. And it comes up as they sing their songs, this particular feature comes up and they're able to uh, find their way uh, through the thing. Um, does that sound a little bit like a navman? It does. I mean, hundreds of years, thousands of years ago, they invented the navman that we've recently got onto. But what uh, I find uh, very interesting was uh, a story, and it puts it all into um, uh, perspective. Uh, there was an old Aboriginal guy called Limpy who was still living in the settlement uh, with this guy. And Limpy said, look, I want to go and see three of my old, very old friends there who have gone to their conception site to die. That's how they do it there in uh, this particular uh, older uh, culture. There, and uh, Arcady said, well, it's a long way away there, so I'll take you in the Land Rover. And so they put him in the back of the Land Rover, and Limpy was very happy to go there because it was saving so much time. And they finally got close uh, to it, and Limpy said, okay, this is... Uh, close to where uh, my friends would be. He'd sort of read some of the signs on the way, but now he, he sort of was um, uh, needing to have a look uh, to see what was happening. I was sitting in the back of the car there, and he seemed to get very excited. Then all of a sudden he got very agitated there, and uh, Arcadia was trying to work out what was happening. And then suddenly clicked. Limpy had learned his songs at walking speed, and they were driving at Land Rover speed. And so Arcadia threw him out there, let him walk through, and... Uh, the final scene is Limpy arriving, having found the scenes at his own speed there and meeting his three friends there who Limpy finished up with talking about facing a beautiful death in the shade of the gum tree. Uh, there, and Limpy is able to talk to them, there, then uh, come back going. Now, interesting, sometimes when you read and then you go back to read your Bible, things come up that weren't there before. Then after reading song lines, I went back and sort of thought, the book of the um, very first uh, chapter in the Bible is a song. Uh, if you have uh, some translations, you'll see that um, where uh, the Hebrew and Greek uh, is in songs, then uh, you'll find that it's sort of put into a song uh, kind of form. 
And then it struck me that um, the whole of the Bible is full of songs there. So you read uh, the opening chapter of Genesis 1 is a song, and then you come to Deuteronomy, and you have Moses singing a song of all the things that happened. So you've got some history, and then it's sort of picked up with a song. And then it goes back in a little bit of history, and then you come into the Psalms and Lamentations, and you have the same thing happening, that their history is celebrated by song. So what you've got here in the Bible is a song line. Now I thought, am I sort of making this up? You know, did I get a little bit too wrapped in Bruce Chapman? But the more I sort of uh, spent time with it, the more it sort of came through, because you've got order. The songs go through this kind of theme, this creation. And then the songs about, the, the song of Moses is about order. And after a person becomes a new Christian, the very first thing they need to do is get some order. There, and that's exactly what happened to the people of Israel. They uh, were given the Ten Commandments. Uh, they're given uh, uh, more, more teaching to have. And then it goes, um, uh, once you've got order, growth, failure, there because we all fail, and there's songs for people that have failed. There are a lot of songs. Psalm 51 is a song of a man who failed. There, and he's able to come to God there and use that part of the song line there to uh, get back to God. Forgiveness, reconciliation, there you get to those beautiful verses in um, uh, Jeremiah where it talks about creating a new heart there. And again, it's a song line. You get to Jeremiah and you're back into songs again. Isaiah is full of songs there. Um, we've got the servant songs. So, I mean, where did uh, uh, Beethoven, not Beethoven, who wrote the uh, Messiah? The Handel. Where did Handel sort of get all his songs? He picked up the song line and then he's able to sort of put that into... Uh, that form. When you come to the New Testament, uh, one of the most important things that we looked at uh, over Christmas, one of the songs. The songs of Mary, uh, the songs of Elizabeth. There, so there they are. Uh, when you come to uh, Philippians chapter 2, you've got a song that's about Christ being uh, God. There, and again, it's in a song. And then when you come to the book of Revelation, you've got the final song, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. Actually, in Revelation, we're going to uh, have a look. There's one particular part uh, where they sing. Uh, they sang the songs of Moses and now the song of the Lamb. Now, yeah, to me, what they've done, they sort of picked out the theme of um, all the big themes of Scripture and they put now the song of the Lamb to add to the song line. So you've got this song line going all the way through Scripture there, which... Um, is uh, quite amazing there to get this uh, coming through. I want to uh, just pause uh, here a minute. Um, I've talked about the Bible song line. I want to also suggest that uh, we have our own personal song lines. Uh, if I sort of ask you to, um, to sort of say what were songs that you remember there out of a particular part of life. It might have been a church camp there and the thing you remember most is the song you learned at the camp. It might have been an experience that you had and the thing that you remember most is a song. There. So there's something in our own background that gets into these song lines and if we had time, and we've done this in uh, church camp sometimes, uh, just to get the people to go away and write their own song line of songs that were important to you in the Christian life. And it's interesting how you'll find that um, they all stick to this confession, forgiveness, reconciliation and so on. God has sort of placed within us this um, ability or uh, somehow it's, it ties up with our spirit to find the right songs to be able to uh, get through. I'm going to uh, have the church sing a song that um, became part of my uh, song line. Um, 
mentioned a couple of times, I lost my dad when I was about uh, nine. He was killed in a road accident. There, and um, he was only uh, 50. He was just moving, or 40. He was just moving into a new ministry, uh, setting up churches down the southwest there and was killed in a, uh, a ute that uh, the Baptist Union had bought for him to do this work. And it was very hard there for people to understand. And my mum there uh, said... Um, I settle for the, these words. I am not skilled to understand what God has willed and what God has planned. I only know at his right hand stands one who is my saviour. So I'm sort of singing this as my song line, but I encourage you to think in terms of your own song lines there and just tune into them again because uh, they can just sort of add that uh, uh, benefit in life.
I'm going to come back to uh, the book of Revelation because um, this marks the end of the song line. We sort of got there uh, roundabout way, just following our way all the way through because um, all the things that uh, we've seen before in the song line, like confession sign, at all points in the finish to that final song line, there where we sing uh, those final songs. Um, this morning I counted uh, 12 uh, songs in the book of Revelation that um, are just sort of printed differently uh, to what the owner mentioned that uh, obviously inspired Handel uh, to write his uh, Hallelujah Chorus. So um, we've already got the songs coming through very strongly there in uh, what they uh, do. The final song is in Revelation 21, 3 to 4. Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live for them and they will be his people. I guess my Australia Day message uh, has been, uh, first of all, get a good earth wire for your faith because um, I think if you haven't got an earth wire, uh, then it doesn't really sort of light up. Um, going back to my little electrical things, I know that you, know, you really need both to get the lights going. Uh, if you've only got the power and you haven't got the earth, um, it won't light. Yeah, and I think um, Christian life's the same. It, it's got to be earth, so you do get those lights coming on. I think one of the sad things about churches um, uh, today is that they've almost cut off from nature, and particularly Australian uh, uh, nature, and it's fairly rare that uh, you get um, this coming through. I mean, the modern church today would probably be based on your Riverview or Hillsong uh, kind of church. The fact is, uh, I've been to Riverview. You actually walk into um, a room that's dead black until they turn the lights on. There's no views at all. Um, the magpie, they might sing the head off outside, but they're not being heard inside because... Um, you know, everything's a theatre there and everything is sort of uh, uh, cut out. Um, they might call it Riverview, but you can't even see the river. They're in Hillsong. I don't know whether you can see the actual songs. I mean, my son goes to uh, Eastlake. I can't find lakes, and I live next to Eastlake. I can't find the lakes there. So there seems to be something a little bit wrong with the nature out there. It might be coming in, but it's sort of coming in uh, more through, uh, you know, videos, high-definition high, high CDs there and not the uh, normal thing. Let me just finish, because um, yeah, I think there's uh, good meaning that we can take away from here. We all need a song line uh, to find our way through life, and the Bible has been written into these particular stages that uh, come through very clearly and naturally in the Old Testament. Uh, there's a pattern there, and like Limpy, it's good for us to know the song lines there, because if you haven't got a song line, uh, then you'll get lost. Uh, because that's the fact of life out there. Without a song line, without a spiritual song line, so many other things that are going on, so many other competing song lines going on that are destructive. Uh, we need to hook in to a good song line uh, that we see in uh, uh, Scripture. Uh, that's uh, really important to uh, do that. I'm thankful that the song has got the song about failing and then getting back on your feet again because that's really what Christian life is all about. And if you haven't failed and got back on your feet again, you really haven't sort of started the Christian life. Uh, the whole story about um, Christians is that ability to fall over there and get back on your feet again because you've got that next song line. Part of the song line is failure, but the next one is reconciliation and restoration. There, and you can move back uh, into that. So we all need a song line. We also need, and this is uh, something for Christians, it's sad when you see Christians who have not really passed 
number one on the songline. They found the first part, you know, becoming Christian, really good because now they're okay for heaven there, but they don't really want to go any further because it's safe there to be able to just stand around in that number one spot. I'm saved there, I became a Christian, I'm born again there. I don't really worry too much about what's going on now. If the Bible sort of got a songline that keeps on going and taking you through some parts that are very much outside our comfort zone, uh, the only way that we know that we're really onto the right song line is that if we are running into danger, if we're sort of finding at times that um, it's becoming quite uncomfortable with what God is asking us to do. And I think that's a sign that we're really on the uh, song line. I mean, for a guy like Dimpy, he would not have um, uh, been able to do what he wanted to do there without taking the risk of being able to sort of move out and then trust the song line that he was uh, okay. The last thing is um, the song line needs to include that last verse. Uh, if um, your life at the moment doesn't include that last verse uh, about God coming and dwelling with us, uh, then uh, we're not going to make it to that last day uh, because this song line picks us up through all the uh, movements of the Christian faith, but then in the finish it brings us into that point uh, where we are now seeing the last song there and all that has happened to us now makes perfect sense because we are now in that last song uh, that uh, we're having. I'd like to sort of picture, um, and again I'm going back to my limpy uh, scene, but we'll change it a little bit. Picture yourself there smiling at death uh, when death comes, all of us have to face that death will come one day. Smiling at death under the sudden cross, listening to the magpie, and singing the last songs there because all that has now become part of your song line. Anyway, thank you for allowing um, an Australia Day talk, there, and I hope I made uh, more Australians of you, better Australians of you. And I hope that you know, when you go back to your Bible, you sort of see that uh, very earth uh, thing that um, the, the Australian thing has can sort of help in our song line. We're going to finish with um, the song Rain In Me.
Lord, there can't be a simple prayer to pray than that and know that um, all will be well. Just simply for you to reign in us and for us to uh, know uh, those paths that you have placed before us. Yeah, so help us as we walk out today, Lord, uh, into another week of uh, serving you and ask your blessing on us. Amen. Shoulders, take that on your shoulders. I know.